Oasis Church Chicago, Pastor J.P. Troyo here. So glad that you're joining us today on our podcast. You're about to hear a message today from our weekend encounter. Uh, I pray that this message uh, encourages you, inspires you, and pushes you closer to Jesus. If you'd like to stay on track with what's going on at the church, we'd love for you to download our app, Oasis Church Chicago, or visit us on our website, www.oasischurchchicago.com. I'm praying for you, we're believing for you, and we trust that God's gonna continue to do great things in your life. God bless you. Now here's the message today. Welcome those watching online. So they didn't tell me last service that you don't film both services and put them online. So the entire time I'm talking to people online and there was nobody watching. I don't know if somebody got blessed from that, but that's all right. Well, hey, it is so good to be with you guys. You know, I just love Oasis Church. I love being here with you guys. The last time that I was here, Pastor JP, I don't know, it was literally the last meeting you guys had before COVID. So welcome back. Hopefully they said, yeah, somebody said, yeah, we were a little nervous when they said you were coming. We didn't know if like that meant things are, no, okay, no. It's so good to be here with you guys. Can we give it up for Pastor JP and Rachel? You guys have amazing leaders. You know, it's a special thing to have leaders that, that love Jesus so much and that they just want to do what God is calling them to do. And I love what you guys are doing with Love Pilsen and all of that. I hope that you're going to be a part of that. You know, whenever, whenever you sow a seed into something, you know, you, it's, it's just like in a bank. I didn't say this last service, but this is just for free. So when you sow into something, what happens is you you gain interest on it. The Bible says that when you give, you're lending to the Lord. His ROI is phenomenal. Whenever you give, don't think that it's not gonna come back to you bigger than what you came. The stock market in heaven is doing phenomenal. It's always a bull market. Okay, well, that's enough. Well, hey, that's not what I'm here to preach on today, but that was pretty good. Um, Listen, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Daniel chapter five. Uh, When Pastor JP told me that you guys were, were in a series in the book of Daniel, I got super excited, and I was like, please, can I please preach something from the book of Daniel because I love to talk about influence in the book of Daniel. There's something so special about the life of Daniel. He was a slave that was captured from Israel, brought over into Babylon. And because God's hand was on Daniel's life, even though he was brought over as a prisoner of war, he ended up outlasting three kings. Daniel's life was so influential that he got to influence longer than the kings did. You know, when you're, when you're used by God to influence, it's multi-generational. When you're used by God to influence, it's not just the here and now, it's for all of eternity. 
You know, influence is a word that's thrown around quite a bit. Uh, you probably, you know, heard the term Instagram influencer, right? It's like so, it, it's so funny. It's like you talk to a, um, a mom and you're like, so what do you do? It's like, oh, I'm an Instagram influencer. And, and uh, I, I like love it. I do. I love it. And I'm not making fun of it because it's pretty cool. But I'm like, you know, this is totally new now that people can like say, here's how I cook this meal and here's the recipe and here's the schedule for my baby and it's like now they have like 7 million followers it's like unbelievable you know but let me tell you something being an influencer in the world's eyes is very different than being an influencer for the kingdom you see when you're an influencer in the world what happens is people like your pictures they like what you have to say. When you're an influencer in the world, it means that you're a part of the cool group. It means that you're accepted by what's in now. When you're an influencer, it means that people, you're, you're trendy. But when you're influencing for the kingdom, that's eternal. You know, I, I don't know about you guys, but I, I want to... I want to influence something that's multi-generational. I want to influence something that goes beyond just my lifetime. I want to influence some, someone more than just making their life more bearable or making their life a little bit better. Listen, it's important to do all those things. There's a lot of people doing a lot of really good things, but we have a challenge because we don't just do good things. We do supernatural things that bring about supernatural results. When we're an influencer for the kingdom, we're not just believing that we're gonna help someone for one day, we're believing that their souls are going to be transformed and that their lives are gonna be eternally transformed. Listen, the influence our world needs is God's spirit in you. We're gonna jump into this passage here and I want to tell you something. I love the book of Daniel. Because Daniel is such a boss. He is such a boss. And, you know, by the way, I jumped in in the middle of a series. It's always a really dangerous thing for a guest speaker to come in and jump in in the middle of the series because I'm probably going to say a bunch of stuff that Pastor JP has already said. But if you could just do me a favor and just say amen anyways, even though you've already heard it. When you say amen, it helps me to go faster. And so if the more encouragement I get, the faster I talk and then it just ends and then you could go to lunch. And if you're watching online, you know, you could go back to your workout or whatever. So we're, we're, just, we're just gonna pretend like you've never heard this before, all right? Is that a deal? Okay, good, all right, praise God. Besides, you need it again. Amen, praise the Lord. I think it was Martin Luther um, not Martin Luther King Jr., but uh, Martin Luther, the reformer, he said one of his congregants came up to him and they said, hey, you know, you've preached on the gospel for like the past six or seven months now. It's like, how come you, you're preaching on this so much? He's like, well, every Sunday you forget it. I'm like, dude, that's, that's rough. That's not what I'm saying, but I guess it is. Uh, Let's just go ahead and go into this. Listen, if you have your Bibles, Daniel chapter five, verse one, 
King Belshazzar made a great feast for a thousand of his lords and drank wine in front of the thousand. Belshazzar, when he tasted the new wine, commanded that the vessels of gold and of silver that Nebuchadnezzar, his father, had taken out of the temple in Jerusalem be brought, that the king and his lords, his wives, and his concubines might drink from them. Then they brought in the golden vessels that had been taken out of the temple, the house of God in Jerusalem. And the king and his lords and his wives and his concubines drank from them. They drank wine and they praised the gods of gold, silver, bronze, iron, and wood. Listen, what was going on here is that the, all of the articles from the temple, the place where God was worshipped, were stolen by King Nebuchadnezzar. They were stored in a warehouse. And Belshazzar was having a party. And everybody that was in was at this party. All the cool kids were invited. Everybody was there that was anybody. And so where, I ask you, was Daniel? You see, the king before, King Nebuchadnezzar, had made Daniel one of the top leaders in the entire nation, in the entire kingdom. He said, you are literally like second or third in command in the entire kingdom. And so Daniel's authority spanned over nations. So now, King Nebuchadnezzar's son is ruling, but Daniel's not invited. In fact, Belshazzar, who ironically is a variant of the same name that King Nebuchadnezzar named Daniel, Belshazzar. A lot of people think that the reason that King Nebuchadnezzar named his son Belshazzar is because Belshazzar was such an amazing leader. In other words, Daniel was so phenomenal that he says, I want my son to be like him. But here we find Daniel has been forgotten. Daniel's been forgotten, and no one's paying attention to Daniel. No one's listening to Daniel. Daniel is in obscurity. Today, maybe you kind of feel like you're in obscurity. Maybe you feel like, you know, you go to your workplace, and you try to make suggestions, and everyone's like, yeah, that's not going to work. You try to, like, speak up at a meeting, and, ah. Or maybe you're, like, trying to trying to talk to your friends about Jesus and, and they're like, yeah, okay, cool. And they pretty much ignore you. Maybe you have like 100 followers on Instagram and when you make a post, it just dies there. Maybe you're like, you're like, man, what's up with that? Like, I don't, I think it was just my mom that liked it. You know, it's like, I, I don't know what, I, I'm trying. I'm trying to be influential. I want to tell you something I, I think that Daniel could relate. At one point, he was one of the highest in the nation, but at another point, no one even knew who he was. Listen to this. Obscurity is not wasted when it's spent in the presence. You know, we learned from Daniel what was Daniel doing every single day, three times a day? He went up and he was praying. You know, King Nebuchadnezzar didn't tell him to do that. So when he left that position or left that role, 
I guarantee you that that was Daniel's habit and that he was constantly in the presence. He was constantly seeking God. And listen, I wanna tell you something. You might say, well, I'm in obscurity right now, but I wanna tell you, do not waste your obscurity because God wants to use you. There are people right now that are praying prayers that are shifting nations and no one knows their name. No one knows what they're doing. There's people that are getting saved right now. They're having encounters with God because someone else is seeking the throne room of heaven on their behalf. They'll never know their name. They'll never know what's going on. Listen, let me tell you something. What happens in your private life, what happens in the secret place for you is what is most influential for our world. Your intimacy with Jesus is the thing that is going to transform your surroundings. If you're in obscurity right now, don't worry. Heaven knows you. The influence of heaven is what is gonna change hearts and lives. Listen, God is the only one. The Bible says that the, king, the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord and he directs it like a water course wherever he wills. Can I tell you something? I hope that your hopes are not in the next election that's coming because it doesn't matter which way you vote. It's not changing anybody's heart. It doesn't matter which way you vote, and I'm not saying don't vote, definitely go vote. But listen, it has its limits. But when you go to the throne room of heaven, there are no limits. You can ask for anything. You can end things. You can shift nations. Daniel, Daniel was in exile. And God was giving him visions that still have not fully come to pass. God wants to use you. If you're in obscurity, don't get discouraged. Keep seeking God because what you do in the secret place is really what's gonna shift things. Listen, when you pray, I'll never forget, there was one time I was, I remember I was just, I was just in high school and I moved, I was a military kid, I moved, and I remember there was a person, there was a girl in my school that, I, uh, that at my old school, and I, my heart was broken for her. I just kept praying for her, and I kept praying for her. I didn't really communicate with her very much. It was back before, um, I didn't even have a cell phone. It was like texting. That was non-existent. I'm, man, I'm old, right? That, okay, let's just move on. That's discouraging, man. Anyways, I'm praying for her. I'm believing that God's gonna touch her. I'm believing that God's gonna move in her life. I'm in California, she's in Florida. I'll never forget the day I get a letter. It's, what, what that is is it's a piece of paper that they fold up and they put it in an envelope and it shows up at your door. People write on it with their hands, okay? Really cool. Anyways, I got this letter and I remember reading it and, and, and she said, hey, mind you, I hadn't been talking to her. She says, hey, I just want to let you know, earlier this year I got into a car accident with my boyfriend, and 
things flipped upside down for me and I just want to let you know that I've turned my life over to God and I'm, and I'm serving him and I, and I, I just wanted to tell you because I know, I know that while you were here I, we, you know, I know that you were praying for me I wasn't talking to her but I was influencing her on my knees and you know something God wants to use you it doesn't matter how many people like you it doesn't matter if you're invited to the party it doesn't matter. It doesn't even matter if people like what you say. Sometimes you say something and people are like, man, are you, you're on that old stuff, you know, like, yeah, there's a hell and people like get judged and stuff. And you're like, yeah, but uh, Jesus loves you and you don't have to go to hell. And people are like, oh my goodness, man, this guy is so, you know, prude, you know. But then guess what? Someday when their life is broken and fallen apart, they're gonna say, man, I remember they said this. They said God loves me. They said that there is a judgment. They said that, that my life is, 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 is short. Where's, where is God? I need God. Don't underestimate your obscurity. Don't be sad that you weren't invited to the party. Heaven is where you need to be. Listen, David was anointed at king, uh, anointed to be king at least 14 years before he became king. Moses was in Egypt and he thought, you know what? I'm gonna be influential. And so he goes and he thinks that he's rescuing one of his people and he ends up murdering an Egyptian. And then the, 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 peop, the Hebrews, they turn on him and they're like, who do you think you are? So he runs to the desert thinking my life is over. The influence that God had, I blew it because of the mistake that I made. Maybe you're in this room. You think, you know, I blew it. I, I, can't, I can't be influential for God because I made a mistake. Well, let me tell you something. Moses murdered somebody the people of Israel said get out of here we don't want you he wanders in the desert for 40 years and then he sees a burning bush and he flips a nation upside down Paul has an encounter on the road to Damascus scales fall off of his eyes God Jesus literally visits him. And guess what happens next? He goes and he lives in the desert. Did you know that? It's at least three years, it says in the book of Galatians. Many commentators believe that he was in obscurity for 14 years before he began to do any ministry that was recognized. Listen, don't be in a rush. Get on your knees. Allow the presence of God to work through you because God is not ignoring the seeds that you're sowing in secret. Don't waste your obscurity because it's not wasted when it's spent in the presence. Now listen, I love the rest of this story. I gotta keep reading. I stopped reading. I wanna keep reading to you. Verse five, immediately the fingers of a human hand appeared and wrote on the plaster of the wall of the king's palace opposite the lampstand, lamp which is a representative of the presence of God, by the way. 
And the king saw the hand as it wrote. The king's color changed, and his thoughts alarmed him. His limbs gave way, and his knees knocked together. The king called loudly to bring in the enchanters, the Chaldeans, and the astrologers. The king declared to the wise men of Babylon, whoever reads this writing and shows me its interpretation shall be clothed with purple and have a chain of gold around his neck and shall be the third ruler in the kingdom. Then all the king's wise men came in, but they could not read the writing or make known to the king the interpretation. Then King Belshazzar was greatly alarmed and his color changed and his lords were perplexed. Listen, just real quickly. You know something that's incredible? The world wants to take the attributes of holiness and try to apply them to their nonsense. Just because... Someone says the name Jesus doesn't mean that they're a follower of Jesus. And look, I'm not coming at anyone specifically. This is just a principle that I am giving to you. I want you to know, do not be fooled by the trappings of holiness because just because you grab a cup that was supposed to be in the temple doesn't mean that you're using it for holy purposes. And what happens is that there is intrinsic value in those things that are holy and the world recognizes that and so they wanna adopt that on top of all the other things that they're doing. But holiness is separation from from the world. So don't get it twisted because Daniel understood you can't mix those things. So what happened? They brought it in and instead of bringing blessing, it brought judgment. And guess what happened? When judgment came, they freaked out and guess who couldn't do anything? All the people that were invited to the party. Guess who couldn't do anything? All the people who were so-called the know-it-alls. They were the enchanters, the astrologers. They couldn't do a thing. And so right at the right moment, verse 10, the queen, because of the words of the king and his lords, came in to the banqueting hall, and the queen declared, O king, live forever. Let not your thoughts alarm you or your color change. Man, that's intense. His color changed so much, he's like, change it back. There is a man in your kingdom in whom is the spirit of the holy gods. In the days of your father, light and understanding and wisdom like the wisdom of the gods were found in him. And King Nebuchadnezzar, your father, your father the king, made him chief of the magicians, enchanters, Chaldeans, and astrologers because an excellent spirit Knowledge and understanding to interpret dreams, explain riddles, and solve problems were found in this Daniel, whom the king named Belshazzar. Now, let Daniel be called, and he will show you the interpretation. Verse 14, this is what the king said to Daniel. I have heard of you that the spirits of the gods, that the spirit of the gods is in you. Listen, the influence that this world needs is the Spirit of God in you. You don't have to be super gifted. You don't have to be super talented. You don't have to be beautiful. You don't have to be cool. You just need the Spirit of God in you.
You just need the Spirit of God. Listen, all that other stuff, it doesn't matter. It's just gonna burn away. But when you have the Spirit of God in you, guess what? When stuff gets crazy, the world is gonna call on you. Because when they're in a desperate moment and they say, I don't know what to do, they're gonna say, where's that person that I used to make fun of? Where's the person that has a relationship with God? Where's the person that's full of God? Because we need a supernatural solution for the problem that we're facing. Listen, the world should be able to call you when they need something from God. Those watching online, get full of God. Allow the Spirit of God to fill you. And listen, when the world calls on you to do something that's impossible, don't back down. That's why you're here. When you go to Love Pilsen, guess what? You're going to be bringing backpacks. You're going to bring a meal. Yes, but let me tell you something. There's a lot of people bringing backpacks and meals. You're bringing them the power of the Holy Spirit. You're bringing them life-transforming power. There's something more. What separates you from the astrologers, the enchanters? What separates you from all of those others doing good deeds and being nice? The worst thing that could happen is that we're just doing what the world does with a Christian label. The world doesn't need more people to do good deeds. They need a demonstration of the Holy Spirit and power. They need a demonstration of someone that can actually see into the heart and give life-giving words and see a transformed life. They need a supernatural power that when someone is sick, that they can lay hands on them and they can be healed. They need a supernatural demonstration. When Paul came to the Corinthians, he says, I did not come to you with persuasive words, but rather a demonstration of power. Listen to what Romans chapter 15 says. There's a lot of people, even in the Christian world, that think, you know what? It's all about just preaching the message that Jesus died and that he rose again. And I agree with that. But along with that, not separated from, along with that, there is a demonstration of power. I'm not saying that it's more important to heal someone's leg than it is to give them the gospel. No, of course not. But if you heal someone's leg, I guarantee they're gonna be more open to the gospel. Listen to what, by the way, that's how Jesus did his ministry. Romans chapter 15, verse 18 through 19 says this. This is Paul speaking. For I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me to bring the Gentiles to obedience by word and deed. By the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and all the way to Elycrium, I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ. Listen, don't preach an incomplete gospel. We need to tell people that they need Jesus because he's coming back. 
And this is a season of grace. God wants to pour out his love on people. He wants to tell people how much he loves them because this is, our God is unprecedented in love. The Bible says that he is love. And when we give the gospel to someone, we need to say, listen, the grace of God is available to you today. So choose him and follow him because the door will not always be open. You will not always have an opportunity to give your life over to Jesus. There's coming a day when judgment is coming. That's not a popular message, but it's true. And if we love people, we'll tell them. So listen. God wants to use you in miraculous ways. You know, I, so I was, uh, I was at the bank one time with my wife. I don't even remember everything that we were doing, but we were, we were sitting down and uh, it was like one of those, you know, sometimes you go to the bank, it's just like a transfer or whatever. But this is like a little longer. We were setting something up. So we go to the bank, we're sitting down with this guy and this guy, he is cracking jokes like left and right. I mean, this guy thinks he is the funniest guy he is like just going to town, you know, trying to help us enjoy our day. And he's really nice and all that. And so we're sitting there. We're sitting at the desk. He's, he's at his desk and, and we're, he's, he's just talking to us. And I felt like the Lord gave me prophetic word for his wife. That's a little bit abnormal. His wife was not present. So I saw him like, okay, he's got a ring on his finger. At least that's confirmation. And so I said, okay. And so he walks out of the room for a second and I turned to my wife and I said, hey, Susie, uh, I feel like I've got a word for, for this guy. And she's like, okay. Because she knows she's been there. It doesn't always go well. So <laughs> she's like putting on her seatbelt. She's like, okay, here we go. So, you know, it's okay. You don't have to be perfect. You just got to take steps of faith. It's going to get, it'll be ugly before it's pretty. That's a good word. That's a sermon, Pastor JP. Next week, come. It'll be ugly before it's pretty. Okay, so I'm, <laughs> we're sitting at the table. And, and, and so I said to him, I said, hey, listen, I feel like God wants to tell your wife something. He wants your wife to know that she, in this past season, has really been struggling with some things and she's frustrated and she feels like certain things that should have changed, they haven't changed and she feels stuck. But God sees her and he knows her and he wants to get her out and he wants to give her hope. She's frustrated. Now that's always a risky thing to say to a husband, hey, your wife is frustrated. But anyways, you know, praise God, I wasn't even thinking about that at the time. So I say that to him, he gets up, he walks over to the door, he shuts the door. And I'm like, oh no. He, come back, he comes back, he sits down, he's like, okay, what's going on here? He's like, I went to church a long time ago, but I stopped going. He's like, I, 
you have no idea. I've been addicted to drugs for the past seven years. And my wife is, is just heartbroken. She's fed up and she doesn't know what to do. She feels stuck and she feels like she, she's not sure what's going to happen. She doesn't know if she wants to stay with me. And it's just, it's craziness. And so I said, okay, well, call your wife. So, you know, now we're at the bank. This, this dude's balling and we're just having a ministry time. And I'm like, okay, Susie, so you're going to talk to his wife and encourage her. So we call her, we get her on the phone, we give her the word, we pray over the both of them. They're both crying, they're bawling. They're like, what in the world? Like, who are you? What, what? I said, listen, it's just Jesus. Jesus loves you. He just wants to talk to you. And can I tell you something? God wants to use you in supernatural ways. He, listen, that guy, he is never gonna go, oh, that's just coincidence. It's not coincidence. Why would I say that at the bank? God loves you. There's no way. And you know what? From now on, he knows God has spoken to him. It's not gonna change. He has a decision to make because God has spoken to him and he knows what needs to happen next. Listen, I wanna tell you something. When you seek God in private, he's gonna come through for you in public. When you get alone with God, he's gonna breathe on you. Listen, I'll never forget the first time I went to pray for someone to get healed. Excuse me, the first time someone actually got healed. I prayed for hundreds of people before anybody got healed. I was telling the last service, I think that some of them got worse I was like, dude, like, why did you even pray for me? I'm like, I'm just, I'm working it out. Just learning here. So I remember I'm walking down the street and I was just desperate to see somebody get healed. I just wanted to see somebody get healed. I was praying, God, you gotta, you gotta do this. And I was hungry for it. And I remember I'm walking by and I see a guy up on his porch and so I'm like, hey, how's it going? He's like, good. Can I come and talk to you? I go and talk to him and I'm like, hey, listen. Um, you know, I just start talking to him about Jesus and whatnot and I say, hey, is there, is there anything that I could pray for you? Are you, are you sick or anything like that? <laughs> I promise you, Pastor JP, that's how it went. He, he's like, yeah, actually, my foot, it's like, you know, curled up, and it's like in a lot of pain, and so on and so forth, and the guy had a lot of ailments, and so I was like, okay, cool, well, can I, I'm gonna pray for you, is that okay if I pray for you? He's like, yeah, sure. So I put my hand on his foot, and I start to pray for his foot. And I stopped praying, and I said, hey, did does it feel any different? And he goes, yeah, actually the pain went away. I kind of felt like something changed while you were praying. And I was like, I'm like, yeah, that's, that's just what Jesus does, man. Normal, normal for Jesus. Listen, we just got to take a step of faith. God's going to come through. And you know what? If it doesn't happen the first time, the only thing that happened is you got embarrassed. That's it. You didn't die. Nothing happened. You just go, go pray more. Go seek God. God wants to give you influence. So here's the last thing I've gone over, but um, 
Pastor JP told me I could. So Luke chapter 11, verse 11 through 13. How do, what do we do next? What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Have you been asking God for the Holy Spirit? Don't let the devil tell you that he's not gonna do it. He's not gonna give you a serpent. If you're praying online right now, listen, I want you to put down your lunch for a moment because God wants to speak to you. God has a plan for every person in this room and his plan is to give you his Holy Spirit. Or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Can I tell you something? Listen, before you clap, listen to me. This is a promise from heaven. Jesus promised if you ask for the Holy Spirit, he will give it to you. You can clap now. God wants to give you his Holy Spirit. Would you stand with me?